Parenting Today is a podcast produced by Reformed Youth Ministries. Whether you feel competent or confused in parenting, this podcast seeks to apply God's truth to the culture of today. For more information on this ministry, visit rym.org. Hello and welcome to Parenting Today, RYM's uh, newest and possibly best podcast. Who knows? (laughs) My name is Kurt Cooper. I'm the youth minister at Trinity Presbyterian Church in Montgomery, Alabama, and I'm the co-host for the real goat of this podcast, the greatest of all time, John Parrott. John Parrott, say hello. Hey, everybody. All right. Well, today we are, uh, John, we're picking up where we left off on Tuesday. We're talking about YouTube, and uh, last uh, last time we were together, we talked about uh, what was good about YouTube, about how it fit into uh, the idea of creation and, we're, and how we're made to create. And we also talked about uh, the fall. We talked about uh, how YouTube feeds into our idols and draws us away from God and or potentially how it could. Uh, and today we're kind of looking at uh, the redemptive side of YouTube. How can we as Christians uh, use YouTube in a redemptive manner? Um, and I'm going to let you go at it for a little bit because I've talked too long already. <laughs> No, Kurt, you haven't talked long enough. Um, so yeah, kind of maybe hitting on something we, we already talked about a little bit. Um, one of the ways in which we can redeem this is, you know, utilizing the, the good aspects of YouTube. And so we, we've talked about uh, just the educational videos uh, that are out there. Um, you know, learning how to tie a bow tie, as Kurt talked about uh, the other day. Um, there are a lot of helpful videos out there. Um, so maybe even, you know, trying to encourage your children, your students. Um, I mean, I'm not saying this is something, uh, you know, that's necessarily uh, something that parents should have in place, but maybe say, hey, look, if you're going to spend two hours on YouTube, maybe make sure 15 to 30 minutes are an educational type video, Um, or maybe even learning a new hobby. Uh, you, You know, that could be something good. Um, I know, or, or even or, or even learning something with your students saying, hey, you know, we've got this, you can, I don't know if it's a board game or if it's changing the oil of your car. It could be like, hey, let's look up a YouTube video and let's figure out how to do this together. We can change the oil on your car and we can both learn how to do it. So yeah. there's, that's, an, that's even an opportunity for you to spend time with your student. Yeah, for sure. And, and I know so many people are familiar with um, Adam Ford. Uh, if you've heard of the, the Babylon Bee, uh, I know it's fairly familiar out there. Um, Adam is uh, one of the creators of the Babylon Bee and one of the primary writers for the Babylon Bee. I know he's actually just moved on from that to focus on some other things, but he's still partially owner of the, the Babylon Bee. But he, he talked about um, in an article of uh, Don't Waste Your Internet, uh, kind of uh, taking the title from uh, John Piper's Don't Waste Your Life. But, but he says this, and I'll just read it um, from Adam Ford. He says, if you're a Christian, you're a soldier in a spiritual war that's been raging for millennia, good versus evil. Our ancestors fought in this war using spiritual spears and slingshots. With the internet, we've been given gospel M16s. Don't use this weapon just as a decorative prop in life, an excuse to take a sweet selfie. No, Christian, flip the safety off, aim that thing, and fire. Get in the battle. He says, why did God give us the Internet? Why does God give us anything for His glory? So get in the game, realize the potential, take time to study and learn, preach the gospel creatively, articulate old truths in new ways, 
for God's glory, for man's good. But don't waste your internet. And so ultimately, he's just calling us to, to steward the internet well, uh, to see that there is, there's so much that's out there. I mean, some of the greatest thinkers in the world are, you know, publishing papers on the internet, are, are you know, putting how-to videos out there on YouTube, uh, some of the greatest speakers, some of the greatest minds. And so as Christians, to see this as a good tool and to see this, okay, how can we utilize this? Um, to help us uh, grow in certain ways and steward our minds in certain ways. And so um, trying to impart that to your student or your child of, okay, how can we use YouTube um, to, to sharpen who you are, to uh, develop a new skill, uh, to learn how to study something differently or play an instrument, whatever it is. Um, and so getting them to see it from this this mindset as a helpful tool, not just something that has, you know, funny videos of, um, you know, cats passing out or, or whatever, as funny as that could be. Um, to, to also see it, it is as, awesome, John. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, watch. of course. Yeah. Um, so, so <laughs> see YouTube as a you know entertainment thing and something fun, uh, but also see it as an educational thing. And so I think just that alone, starting to to tell our students and children, uh, okay, let's see this as an educational tool. Uh, maybe giving them that perspective. So that's one thing for me. And now I've talked too long. So Kurt, what do you think? Well, I, I was just going to say that you know we need uh, Christian YouTubers. Um, it's uh, C.S. Lewis uh, famously said that we need Christians in every discipline on taking uh, the Christian uh, worldview uh, to the realms of science, to the creative arts, to music, to you know, cinema and film. Uh, we need Christian teachers. We need Christian um, politicians and Christian police officers and uh, Christian plumbers and Christian architects that uh you know, the idea of calling and the fact uh, that God calls us and gives us gifts, it's not just limited to people like us, John, who have worked in the church. Um, you know, I tell students all the time, you know, I tell my students all the time that if they want to go into the ministry, that's great if they want to do that. Um, but we need Christian um, accountants and Christian lawyers just as much as we need uh, Christian ministers. We need to take the gospel everywhere. And that means that we need Christian YouTubers. We need people who we don't want to um, not use this avenue, this in, insanely huge avenue where people are constantly um, directing themselves toward this um, toward this website. We want to have a presence there in whatever way we can. Um, and we want to engage the culture. We want uh, to be, uh, you know, I think there probably ought to be RYM uh, videos on YouTube where people ought to be able to find us there. And I'm sure they're working on that. Um, that's not really my Absolutely. realm, but we want to have, we want, we just want to be present here. And uh, there, there are redeemable things about YouTube. And I think that, that might be the first battle um, that we have to fight is I think for some people, um, and it's certainly, I can feel this way. Sometimes we can say, Oh, well, I'm just never going to get used to this. Like that's just all bad. I'm just going to leave it beside, but there's, you know, there's really not, that's not really a great way to think about things. There are things that have, there are things that have been redeemed and things um, that are yet to be redeemed. And I would say that YouTube is one of the things that is yet to be redeemed, but it can be redeemed and, and used uh, for God's glory. And we need more um, solid reform teaching and uh, Christians who are creative and can be funny. Um, we need all those things on YouTube. So we want to encourage our students. We would never want to look at, I would never want to look at a student and say, no, um, there's no place for you there because you have um, faith in Christ. I would say, oh, you have faith in Christ. Well, 
let's find a way to express that via um, this incredible opportunity. Yeah. So I think that the first thing we would say as we're talking about redeeming YouTube is really changing our perspective, our mindset towards it. And so first, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to get students to see, okay, this is an educational tool. This is a helpful tool that can actually sharpen you uh, and be used for good. So seeing it first as a tool. And then secondly, as as Kurt's saying, um, you know, trying to see, okay, look, if you have a creative bent in this way. How can you utilize that on YouTube uh, to point others to Christ ultimately and to to highlight the, the creative uh, gifts that the Lord has given you? Um, so trying to, to help parents see, help youth workers see, okay, this is a good um, tool that we can that more Christians need to to get on and use. Um, but let's let's now talk about some some boundaries too. Mm. Um, and, and some of this, uh, you know, we've we've kind of hit on, and some of this I know is is obvious. But I mean, one thing we said was, you know, no student should just have unlimited access to YouTube. Um, you know, I mean, this kind of gets into some some other thoughts, but I, I think it's fairly dangerous for you know, especially young children. Uh, preteen, uh, middle school to just have a computer in their room. Uh, I don't think that's a good idea. I know, uh, parents are going to differ on that. Um, but just, to, to let them have that kind of privacy in their own bedroom with a computer. I think that's a bad practice. Um, I do think, you know, as students get older, you start to give them that freedom because eventually, uh, Lord willing, they're going to head off to college and they'll have their own laptop in their room. And so, you know, as they get older, uh, maybe halfway through high school, uh, that's where you start giving them that freedom. Uh, but obviously there, there needs to be ongoing conversation about uh, just what's out there and what they're looking at. And um, But yeah, I would say um, not giving them unlimited access would be one first boundary. Mm. And I think also, you know, just as we need people on YouTube, we also uh, need people, people need to take breaks. Um, from YouTube as well. Um, and from all social media, uh, I think one boundary that we can set is that, you know, we don't need to be on there all the time. Um, we Idolatry has taken a good thing, and I think YouTube can be a good thing and making it an ultimate thing. And uh, I was just uh, reading an article. I was reading a book, actually, about uh, a girl who had, from Australia, who had more than a million subscribers on YouTube and more than a million followers on, um, on Instagram. And she just said she got tired of trying to act like she had it all together. Um, and she quit. Um, she just quit the whole thing. And, uh, for a little, she took a, an extended break, um, from posting or from being online. And I think, uh, that is a healthy attitude to have about anything that we do that we're going to, we're going to invest in it and we're going to try to bring Christ to it, but we're also not going to let it rule our lives. Um, we're going to be able to, to step away from it and say, this is not something that we have to have. Um, and talking about letting students have unlimited access, you know, YouTube does have an app. I don't have that app on my phone. Um, and uh, I use uh, Covenant Eyes on my phone and uh, any, any app that it doesn't really – work well with apps that have browsers like YouTube in it. So I don't have that app on my phone, but you know, again, that's on, if your student has a smartphone and you're not monitoring it and they have YouTube, that's unlimited access to who knows what for all, you know, sexually explicit material all the way to like, you know, um, learning how to become a member of ISIS. Uh, all that is available on the internet. So we want to be careful about that as well. Yeah. And just a note on that too. If, 
you are a parent who has bought a smartphone for, you know, eight, nine, ten year old or middle schooler, <clears throat> um, you you can also, as many are aware, go into settings and you know turn off Safari, uh, turn off other apps uh, to to limit that uh, because again, I mean that. To, to give a smartphone to a very young child with unlimited access to something like YouTube, that, that can, can be very dangerous, and that really can uh, do some serious damage. Uh, so it's something we need to consider and something um, I would say uh, Christian parents need to be very diligent about uh, guarding and protecting their children when it comes to this. Um, and so, yeah, just, just having those boundaries in place, you know, if there are... Um, students that are getting on YouTube um, to say, okay, look, you're going to watch this in a public uh, place in the house, uh, you know, at the um, kitchen area or living room where parents are around and can at least have some idea of what, what they're looking at. Um, but also, you mm-hmm. know, putting putting time restrictions in place, uh, you know, and that can look a, a lot different. I mean, <clears throat> that can be something where, you know, a student has a set amount of time they can be on it, but maybe if they complete their chores or homework or whatever, they can, you know, get more um, time on on YouTube. So, I mean, that can be implemented in a variety of ways. Um, <clears throat> hey, John. Yeah. I was just going to say, uh, what about uh, this? I know that we don't have a ton of these, but what do you think are some good YouTube channels or YouTube channels where um, – that that you have used in the past. Do you have any of those? Yeah, I mean, one that does come to mind. Um, there's not a, a a ton that I'm aware of, but one is uh, mm-hmm. the Bible Project. Um, if you went to thebibleproject.com, um, you'll you know you can peruse their uh, their website, but it it typically points people to YouTube. Um, it's a graphic designer and a Bible scholar um, have created all sorts of videos uh, that help people understand uh, Scripture. Uh, I mean, they, they've gone through, if I'm not mistaken, I think every Old Testament book, so they have a uh, different um, video for each Old Testament book as well as every New Testament book, um, as well as different themes in Scripture like holiness um, or covenant uh, but they explain uh, these concepts in a, in a very scholarly way, but a very accessible way uh, using animation. Uh, so, I mean, it, they, these are very high-quality videos, very well done, um, that can be very helpful. Um, I will just say, I know people think differently about showing images of Christ, um, and so there are images of Christ um, at times. I'm not going to get into that at all. I just want to throw that out there because I know uh, people think differently about that. Uh, but but again, the Bible Project, uh, there's a lot of helpful content out there. Um, really, I mean, even just kind of basic videos of teaching how to read Scripture. Um, so that's just kind of, well, that's one that comes to mind. I know, you know, there are many podcasts, uh, those who are familiar with Ask Pastor John, uh, podcasts. Uh, those are available on YouTube as well. Um, the Local Youth Worker podcast, which is RYM's podcast, as well as this one, will be available on YouTube. Um, it's just going to be an audio format, so I know it doesn't utilize the uh, the video, um, but many podcasts can be linked up to YouTube, and so you can uh, check those out there. Um, Kurt, do you have any other uh, good channels to recommend? Well, I was just going to say, you know, there is a great place. There are... Um there, there are a lot of, I'm, I'm going to be hesitant to recommend anything on YouTube because I don't spend a lot of time on YouTube, just to be honest. Um, but I think that you can find, uh, Ted talks and, uh, 
you can find a lot of different things uh, on YouTube as far as learning is concerned. Uh, um, you can learn how to do, uh, you know, there's some pretty good mathematics courses. Uh, there's some pretty good how-to courses on a ton of different uh, topics. And uh, so I don't, there's not any particular channel that I'm like, oh, well, they posted, I better go check it out. I don't really follow people on YouTube in that way. Uh, but I can't tell you the number of times that I've been like, I wonder how this works. Um, we, we have a new graphic for our Wednesday night activity at youth and, and, uh, my administrative assistant and I, we went on YouTube and figured out how to make it three dimensional so that we could put it in our, um, spinning in our, um, in our slideshows. And we watched a great three minute video, um, by who knows some guy somewhere, um, where he said, all right, this is how you do it. And, uh, and I, that's, I think that for me, that's the kind, that's the use of YouTube that I um, take advantage of the most. So I don't have any particular channels to recommend, but I do think that it's a great opportunity for you to sit with your students and say, "Oh, we don't know how to do this. Well, let's go on YouTube and kind of figure out how to do it." Um, and the person who's teaching you might they might be helpful or it might actually not be helpful, but uh, it's an experience that you can have together. So yeah, that, yeah, that's good, and I think that that is just kind of you know, talking to your student or child and saying, okay, what's a hobby you want to invest more in? And, and sure enough, there's going to be channels out there uh, that'll be helpful. Um, so we know, I mean, none of these um, uh, uh, ways in which we can redeem this technology are, are earth shattering or <laughs> something that uh, many parents haven't already thought of. Uh, but I hope that just the basic message of, you know, there's got to be boundaries when it comes to YouTube and there's got to be, you know, monitor, monitoring uh, what, what your your child or student is watching on YouTube. So we hope that message has gone out. Whatever way you decide to implement that in the home, uh, we would encourage you uh, to do that as you seek to redeem this, you know, valuable tool that's out there uh, that also mm -hmm. can be harmful. Um, so as we wrap this up, we, we always uh, want to on this uh, Thursday show uh, to give you just some, some cultural issues um, that, that we've come across. Uh, Kurt, do you want to start off with, with one and uh, I'll share a couple? Uh, sure. Yeah. So um, I think I'm going to let you take uh, evolve the definition, if you don't mind. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And uh, I'll talk about Snapchat uh, dysmorphia for a second. Okay. Uh, Snapchat, Snapchat dysmorphia is, uh, you might never even heard of this um, as a parent, but um, in, in, that, in the picture sharing app Snapchat, which many students have, um, uh, they have what's called filters. And these filters, uh, they can be kind of whimsical, um, uh, silly things like, putting uh, puppy ears and a puppy nose on you as you do your video uh, or uh, giving you gigantic eyes or, um, you know, making you look silly. They can also uh, airbrush your appearance and make you look uh, more attractive. They can elongate your face or shorten your nose or um, uh, kind of airbrush your skin. And uh, more and more, they say that 55% of all plastic surgeons have come into, uh, have, have, have run into someone who wants uh, their actual appearance to more uh, accurately reflect uh, this uh, Snapchat filtered experience. It's called Snapchat dysmorphia, where you don't like the way that you look and you want to change the way you look. Um, you know, it used to be that people would want to have Brad Pitt's jawline or Angelina Jolie's lips or, you know, uh, Julia Roberts' nose or whatever it was, I, you know. Um, and, but now, uh, 
you know, ironically, people want to look uh, more like themselves, the fake version of themselves that they could create on social media. And um, it just is a you might not ever as a parent deal with that issue. But what is important is the idea that um, our students more and more, they start to consider themselves primarily by their digital persona uh, and not uh, by who they actually are. And uh, that can have some long lasting uh, negative ramifications for the way they view themselves and where they derive their identity is particularly deriving your identity from Christ um, alone. And uh, it's just a constant reminder that uh, our digital communities are less than real life flesh and blood communities and our digital selves are not uh, one to one with our actual selves. And we need to always be able to make that distinction um, without deriding, um, without saying, oh, well, this is bad, you know, like technology is bad, but saying that what this picture of you that you have here is not the real you. Uh, that was one of the most enlightening things about uh, the girl I mentioned earlier, um, the Australian girl. Um, her name is, well, I'm going to butcher her name, but her last name is O'Neill. And, um, you know, she said that she was tired of trying uh, to be the person that she was on social media. She was tired of constantly obsessing over how she looked and um, trying to find the exact right lighting and exact right angle for every single picture and adding to them. And, and she was she was tired of keeping up that facade. And I would venture to guess that there are more than a few students or there are more than a few parents who are listening to this podcast who have students who are tired of keeping up the facade that they have online. So it's just something to be thinking about. It's another um, it's a it's a cultural issue today, a very real issue. Snapchat dysmorphia. Your student might not have that, but they do have kind of a dissonance between who they project to be um, and who they actually are. So, yeah, that's that's good to bring that up and definitely something parents should be aware of. And if there are uh, those uh, parents that want to listen to something that discusses this a little bit. Um, for those who are familiar with the briefing podcast, which is something that Albert Moeller uh, puts out, uh, you can check out uh, Wednesday, let's see, I think it was August 8th podcast um, of the briefing. Uh, Al Moeller discusses Snapchat dysmorphia there. Uh, if you want to uh, listen to that, download that uh, in your podcast app, or you can go to albertmoller.com and click on the briefing and look up the August 8th episode. Um, the title of that is Separating the Real from the Ideal, How a Corruption of Human Beauty Becomes a Huge Problem. Um, and he discusses that, and you can actually scroll down and just listen to that segment or read the transcript from it. Um, so again, he'll uh, discuss that in a little more detail and share some of the uh, current articles from the Washington Post as well as some uh, medical doctors uh, discussing that issue. So that's just uh, something else with that. Uh, yeah, as, as Kurt said, just something I, I came across. Actually, I saw um, this. I was at a restaurant eating lunch with a friend and just saw in the background uh, this hashtag evolve the definition that's hashtag evolve the definition. Uh, it came up on ESPN. Um, and basically, this is a, it took me a little while to figure out, this is a clothing uh, 
store. I think it's Bonobos Clothing is how you pronounce that. I might be messing that up, but um, it's a it's a men's clothing uh, store. Uh, but there, this hashtag evolve the definition uh, says this. It says it is a project initiated by Bonobos that uses the voices of real people to start a conversation around the narrow definition of masculine, its limitations, and how we can expand it to be more inclusive. Add your voice and help create a world where every man fits. Um, now, there can be ways in which, as Christians, we can say this is a good thing and say, you know, there have been unhelpful stereotypes that are um, placed upon the definition of masculine. Um, but there are ways in which, you know, hearing this evolve the definition and making this definition more fluid is something that's, you know, obviously alarming and something that we would push back against as uh, Christians uh, to say that there aren't uh, you know, certain aspects that we can uh, say are, are true of masculine and we've got to uh, be more inclusive and have this as a very fluid definition is, uh, you know, something that we would... Um, no is going to be related to the to, to the to the transgender movement um, and something we you know should just be aware of and so again this is just something I wanted to at least point out and uh, let people uh, be aware of it and uh, you can go uh, you know check this out just search hashtag evolve the definition and you can watch a video of um, there's a, a short film put together of just different men uh, kind of reading uh, uh, what, what the the common definition of masculine is and, and how they're trying to reshape that and redefine that. Uh, so that's just something I wanted to, to highlight. Um, Kurt, it's been fun getting to talk about YouTube a little bit, and we hope that this type of discussion is helpful uh, to parents out there. Um, of course, this is our, our first one. Um, this will no doubt uh, continue to be modified and changed, and no, that doesn't mean Kurt's getting fired or anything like that, um, unless he fires Totally getting fired. Okay, unless he fires me. Um, this is just as much his podcast as it is mine. So, uh, Kurt, anything else you want to add as we close out? Uh, no, uh, I think... I hope this is helpful, and I'm looking forward to uh, the next time that we get together. I think uh, next week we're talking about movies, right? That's right. Yeah. So that should be fun. All right. Well, uh, Kurt, have a good day. You do too. See you later, bud.